This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. By popular demand, Place to Be Nation Wrestling returns to the Dirty South for Talkin' WCW, an episodic wrestler showcase designed to educate, evaluate, and entertain, with matches spanning the intimate stage of Techwood Studios to the heights of Space Mountain, Talkin' WCW presents the best worst and most surreal offerings from world championship wrestling so cast your gaze to the turner tron with hosts jennifer smith tim capel and greg phillips hi welcome to talk in wcw my name is jennifer smith i'm here with the mustard gas to my agent orange Tim Capel, how's it going? Wow. Do we even try to explain that one? Nope. Um, I like the mustard. <laughs> I was hoping we get a sling blade running. It ain't got no mustard gas in it. <laughs> oh, God. Here we are talking WCW. Hello, Jennifer. And that, that, that third voice you hear is... Uh, is, is Greg Phillips um, by way of um, a little sling blade action. Uh, Greg, how are you? I'm doing quite well, uh, gentlemen and lady. Uh, I, I hope you all are uh, as, as well as I feel on this fine, uh, nondescript night. Mm-hmm. Pretty Putting good. Down some mustard gas, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> good on us for getting another episode together. Pretty quickly, I will have to say we did not take our that. typical. Our, we did not take our typical three month hiatus. So, is that weird? <laughs> What's wrong with us? We're more um, bi uh, monthly than than quarterly for a change. I look forward to our next uh, two months off uh, from the yeah. show. Yeah, well, yeah, I think we've earned it. I mean, we you can't expect this kind of output on a regular. Yeah, basis. we're not. We're not. We're not iron iron people here. We're not. <laughs> we're not made of. Iron. <laughs> right. Or titanium. For that yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, was like, I was thinking, I was like, what other metals are there? And the only one that came to mind was iron for some reason. Um, <sighs> so we're going to talk about uh, my love, Perry Saturn, tonight because I picked him on our last mm-hmm. episode. And I think I mentioned when I picked him that. I became interested in him in my ECW watching over on the North-South Connection on Extreme Three-Way Dance uh, as a tag team with the Eliminators, with Cronus, and uh, they are just – they have been dominant uh, since they showed up in ECW, um, have had amazing matches and feuds and, and everything. So I really wanted to see what he could do in WCW, and uh, I – Personally, I was not very disappointed, and I went out of my way to watch a variety of his matches, and the obsession remains, and I hope it's the same for you guys, and I'm so freaking stoked to talk about these matches we got. 
yeah, I was I was super pumped when you picked Saturn. I've been an unapologetic WCW Saturn mark for a long, long time. I mean, he's I'd say one of the central characters who I thought of as as being one of my guys when I got really super into WCW in the late nineties. Because you always gravitate towards just probably a handful of of wrestlers who really get you locked into the product and mm-hmm. and he was just one of them i always thought he was the coolest um had the best moves I, I knew nothing about his um his background or his ecw run before this you know i was all of 15 years 14 15 years myself 15 years old myself and um so to me it was just like this dude comes in out of nowhere and is just super awesome um doing all these springboard moves and suplexes and mm-hmm. has this this really um this really cool look you know that's very fitting for the time period um and as we're gonna see is actually a very very well-rounded wrestler whether you're mm-hmm. talking about a guy who can brawl um who has you know a, a great or at least I'd say a convincing martial arts background. I don't know how legit it is, but he throws some pretty cool strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, he can mat wrestle. Again, the aerial stuff is there. Um, again, the awesome suplexes. Just he could pretty much do it all. Jack of all trades, and that's who, that's who I think of when I really think of what I love about WCW. Perry Saturn, and of course, going back and looking at some of his work in ECW, I mean, the Eliminators were an awesome tag team, and we're going to see that he is a big component of the revitalized tag scene in WCW as well. He's a great singles guy and a great tag team wrestler. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, somebody who's, who's uh, super well-rounded could pretty much do it all, and um yeah, got got me back into it's just not the guy who got me back into wrestling, but it's one of those instrumental um pieces and in, in putting my fandom back together, I would say. A, a little think, bit ahead, a, a little bit ahead of his time, I think. Uh, talking to that yeah. talking to that versatility, he really feels like the prototype for the modern pro wrestler, the guy that can kind of do a little bit of everything. He can brawl, he can as you mentioned, he can fly. He can throw incredible suplexes. He's built like a tank. Um, he could do things a guy his size shouldn't be able to do, like springboard yeah. moonsaults and things of that nature. Um, I thought he, I, my my big takeaway from Saturn when I was younger, when I was you know I guess thirteen, I didn't I, I didn't get ECW television where I was living. Uh, you know, if you weren't in New York or Florida, you were kind of screwed on getting mm-hmm. ECW television in those days. So I didn't get to see ECW except in wrestling magazines. And I'd always read about the Eliminators and, like, the after mags and stuff, and mm. they sounded awesome. And I remember when ECW did their invasion of Raw in, like, 97, and I saw the total elimination move, and I thought it was yeah. the coolest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> Fuck and, yeah. uh, and, um, but I didn't think anything of it. So when Saturn popped up in WCW, I was like, I was like, oh, this is the guy I've read about in the magazines with the Eliminators. I wanted the other Eliminators coming in. And then before too long, I forgot that John Cronus was even a thing. So, yeah. uh, Saturn was just so, mm. and it's so interesting. Maybe you guys, uh, will agree with me on this. It feels like in WCW Saturn, because he wasn't in a company with these guys, he kind of took the best elements of Taz and Sabu's arsenals I've and combined them yeah. and combined them into his own and kind of, he would do the cool suplexes that Taz did 
but he would do the, the crazy, you know, we will see a match today that where he did the, uh, the Sabu double jump moonsault. And, yep. uh, <clears throat> it felt like all these cool, crazy things I had seen Sabu and Taz do when they appeared briefly on Raw. Here was this guy in WCW doing it in every match pretty much. And, uh, a guy that really, I think, you know, could, you could take 1998, 97 Perry Saturn and pluck him into today's AEW or WWE. And I think he'd be a big star. I agree with all of that, um, and it makes complete sense um, for him to combine those styles. Just you know, given what who he wrestles in ECW and and who he, he spends so much time with these guys, Taz and Sabu, all over 1996. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to me that he picks up those moves because he could just do them. He just can. He can do anything, and that was one of the things that I picked up on. Um, from him and the Eliminators is his adaptability to whoever he's wrestling. And Cronus has the same ability, which is cool, um, because yeah. I think it's pretty rare. And then you, both of those guys can do that in that tag team and function, like, perfectly. It's amazing to watch. Um, I also think that Saturn has – we don't get to see it really in the matches that we're going to cover tonight, but um, he also has a lot of that intangible things, like – the things that you can't really, like, teach. You know, he just has it. And even on the mic, like, we don't get to hear him that much on the mic here, but he's really good, you know, just shit-talking, and, you know, he can talk too, which, you know, is one of those things that is just part of what makes him, like, completely badass. Real natural aptitude, for sure. Right. And, um... Offensively, he is uh, a bit of a chameleon, a bit of a, a sponge. You talk about how how much he worked with uh, Taz and, and Sabu as opponents, as as a tag team, and and just sort of borrowed or, or stole quite liberally mm-hmm. from their moveset, but in ways that worked really well and, and just complemented his own style. And I, and I think that's one of the things that maybe separates um, a Saturn from a John Cronus, who I'm not trying to bury or anything, but um, from what people in the industry will tell you, like Saturn was always really driven to to continue improving himself, to always just get better, to become um, even more of a, a skilled combatant in as many ways as, as he possibly could. Even when, you know, a lot of guys will sort of figure out what kind of wrestler they are, and that's that's just sort of their style, right? And they'll, they'll just kind of plateau, um, but in a way that, that really, you know, works for them and, and that the audience becomes accustomed to. And, and Saturn just never really settled on being any one kind of wrestler. He was just always driven to continue evolving, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've just always admired that um, about him. And I wish that he had um, – had more of a career, really. Like, we don't, you know, see... Like, he doesn't have, have the greatest run in, in WWF slash E for various reasons, but... Um, he did he's fall another in love one with a mop, though, and I did appreciate He did that. fall in love with a mop. I'm um, sorry, what? Interesting, yeah, interesting character choice. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell you about Moppy after the show. Okay, yeah, okay. Fill me in. Yeah. Uh, smart me up on, yeah, on that. Uh, because I was just going to say before you mentioned the mob that uh, <laughs> that he has this—I don't know—he has this like really like it's like a mixture of like intelligence and like 
feral. It's <laughs> like just, mm-hmm. just his eyes, like his face, like it just comes across. Like, Would you? I, I completely agree. He he looks like a savage in the ring. Right. Um, but he's so well, smart. You can see him like finding finding what he wants to pick up and like finding. I don't know. He just the awareness is amazing. Would you agree, Tim, that maybe what I think I think probably substance issues were probably what ultimately doomed his career. But I think one of the things I don't think it did him any favors coming in with the radicals only because it automatically set it up as a competition between them. Mm-hmm. And that was one yeah. that he and Malenko were not going to win, you know? And, yeah. and I think yeah. it was kind of, yeah. it kind of hurt both of them because Eddie was such a charisma machine. And Benoit was at that time, probably the best wrestler in the world in terms of his technique and stuff like that. So it kind of yeah. left Saturn feeling like the third, the third wheel in the group, as opposed to in WCW where he was really his own, I know they put them in a group near the end of his WCW run, but during the bulk of his run, he was really his own man, and he was his own individual shining star. Well, it just tells you something about the the talent pool that they had at that time in in early 2000, that someone um, as gifted as a Perry Saturn on your Mm -hmm. roster is going to, from the day he arrives, just get outshined already. because that's just how deep their talent pool was. Um, had the timing been a little bit different, uh, yeah, I, I think he he could have had a, a different career there. Oh, absolutely. Like like I said, you take you take him and you pluck him into today's roster on either of the major national mm-hmm. promotions, he'd be a star because he he wrestles a style that is that is you see a lot, but he does it better than most guys mm-hmm. that do it now. So yes. he yeah. does the types of things. He was doing the types of things that today are expected of a main event wrestler, mm-hmm. but were unheard of in like, mm-hmm. especially not talk about the main event, a mid card wrestler in 1998. I mean, absolutely just effortlessly the way that, that, that he, you know, just goes out there and, and it's, it's not just, and, it, and it's not just like, um, the, the indie riffic kind of, move 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 stuff like there is a, a a psychology to it yes um now you can argue depending on his opponent it can get a little <laughs> indulgent as perhaps right. we will see <laughs> there's a method to our madness sometimes on this show but um yeah i mean he's not just like a a spot fest guy he's he's that sort of i, I think you made the comparison to like a seth rollins he is what is expected of a of a main event wrestler today I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that, that probably not too far off from like an Adam Cole either with, with that type of. Um, yeah. And, style. and Saturn and Saturn would, you know, with, with his physique too. I mean, he was built, he looked normal in those days, but today he would look mm-hmm. like a, you know, a monster. <laughs> an absolute mm-hmm. monster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I mean, you see how Billy Gunn looks on the AEW roster and it's like, and he yeah. was not a, huge guy in the attitude era so not considered a huge guy yeah so yeah saturn 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 would have would have been an enormous star and uh and actually i think uh i was was a little mistaken when i chose my match because i think my my match would chronologically be the first of our of our three tonight Mm -hmm. and i uh i this is the first time i remember seeing perry saturn but i was reminded through commentary which i subsequently did a little research on that Saturn had actually wrestled a few times before this event. He'd even won the television mm-hmm. title briefly, which I didn't remember yeah. at all. 
And uh, but nonetheless, in my memory banks, I'm sure I would have seen it because I watched every week at that at that time. But my the first time I remember seeing Perry Saturn was at Starcade '97, none other than the biggest show on paper in WCW history, the most anticipated pay per view event of all time. I ordered it, watched it with my family, and I was really excited. One of the matches on the card was going to be Chris Benoit versus Raven. They had been feuding for. For several months, and I was uh, excited to finally see them uh, them lock it up. But uh, as we'll discuss in this opening contest, uh, things did not go the way that young Greg expected. As Raven, uh, <laughs> this match does come to you, by the way, from Starcade '97, and I want to say Baltimore, Maryland. Is that correct? Mm, to Washington D.C. Ah, close enough. Close enough. Mm-hmm. Hop, skip, and a jump away. Our nation's capital. Yeah. Here to see a, a monumental show. It turned out to be. And um, so Raven opens us up with no music. This is before they had done the uh, Even Flow, or, or I'm sorry, the whatever song, uh, Come As You Are. Uh, song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so he gets no music here, and he comes out, and he does the, the you know, th- this is really at the very beginning of Raven getting really hot. And he gets in the ring, and, and he says that he's, when he signed with WCW, he uh, agreed to only wrestle when he wants how he wants and against who he wants. And tonight he's decided he's not going to wrestle. And instead Saturn is going to finish the job for him of ending the career of one Chris Benoit. And so here comes the, uh, the sirens play and out comes uh, Saturn, which by the way, isn't it interesting that Saturn was doing the sirens before Scott Steiner, who arguably made it very, you know, mm-hmm. uh, famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Saturn had the, had the siren gimmick before Scott. Um, so out comes Saturn, and at this point, Saturn looks a little bit different than kind of I think what most people remember of him from yes. WCW. <laughs> He's got the uh, the kind of cargo brown cargo pants and military boots, and he's got a a, a, a hoodie over you know pulled over his head. And when he mm-hmm. removes the hoodie, he has a, a, a most unusual hairstyle. Would you not agree? <laughs> Probably the most um, hair I've ever seen him have. Sure. Yeah, he has some odd hair periods in, in WCW. He, um, this is kind of a, it's like shaved on the sides, but he has like a flat top sort of thing a going on. A landing strip, if you will. A landing strip, yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Um, it's very gushy, though. But he, you know, he doesn't style it in any particular way. It's not like a mohawk or anything. Oh, it's like a um, circle of hair, like on his head, just like pointing. Yeah, just chilling. Just chilling there. You know what? He's badass. Uh, he owns it. He can do it. He can have whatever hairstyle he wants. Oh yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call him out on it. Fuck no. Mm-mm. But um, yeah, he's he's got sort of that grunge look, but also a yes. There's like a militaristic mm. theme, which I mean, I guess kind of complements his background. As they always talk about how he was like an army ranger. He jumped mm-hmm. out of a plane however many hundreds of times, and you know all this stuff just to make him. Which I'm, I'm not saying isn't true, but I mean, obviously contributes to him sounding and looking like such a badass. Oh, absolutely, and, and he was perfect for the flock because the flock was uh, the, the the outcasts of society, right? So they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we'll see during this match, we'll discuss them a little bit. But you had you had the likes of uh, of Hammer, or as they were calling him at that point, not Van Hammer, I believe, just Hammer. Right. You had a Sick Boy and and sick and boy. Kid, Kidman yeah. who. Who was doing a a heroin Not addict? Billy gimmick? Kidman. 
Nope, yeah, just kidding. Yeah, heroin addict. And he scratched constantly, seven year itch mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, and then and you know yeah the 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 eventually you would get Scotty Riggs or just Riggs I guess. Uh, Murtock never joined unfortunately, but uh, nonetheless you would have all of these uh, individuals there. And Saturn was like the badass of the group. Like you look at He's all the them, like yeah. Yeah, look at these look at these dregs of society. They're no threat to me. But then there's Saturn who could beat somebody's ass and, and undo it all at Raven's behest. Um, he was he was their Art Anderson. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and in this case, he he is indeed wrestling the uh, aforementioned Canadian crippler Chris Benoit, uh, who uh, comes out to a rousing ovation from the crowd. Benoit is very over at this point in his uh, in his WCW tenure. The fans have taken to him, and they're quite happy with uh, the brand of violence that he unleashes in the ring. And uh, he gets. Uh, he gets there and they get underway and they and they 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 get right after it. Benoit tries to go after Raven. Saturn jumps him from behind or attempts to. Benoit takes over and just unloads on him with chops. This is of course your babyface shine portion of the match and uh, Benoit just lays into Saturn with chops and great looking kicks and punches and clotheslines and he's he's Saturn's bumping and feeding for him and and Benoit you know as we know Benoit is one of the great choppers in wrestling history. And uh, and and certainly he he lays that into Saturn here, uh, but not but not that Saturn is a pushover for Benoit. He gets his advantage too, and and uh, I think his first move that he takes over with is this awesome uh, head and arm trap suplex, overhead suplex, yeah. um, which is a or as, as ECW would call it a Tazplex, mm-hmm. um, or but but or a gargoyle <laughs> suplex as the uh, video games would. Call yes, it. the gargoyle suplex. I love oh, that. Oh my lord. Loved really? it, absolutely. Uh, it, one of one of Chris Jericho's thousand holds, no doubt. But um, but no, but yes. Uh, so he does this beautiful overhead suplex uh, and and to take over, does a uh, springboard leg drop at one point, runs, jumps up to the middle rope, springs back, drops a leg. It's incredible to watch for a guy his size. This is the reason, by the way, that I chose this match. It was the first time I remember seeing Saturn. Or at least that it stuck with me apparently, and I I was blown away seeing a guy his size do the things he was doing because yeah. I I had seen Sabu when he was in WCW mm-hmm. so I knew like kind of what his deal was but Sabu wasn't close to as jacked as Saturn was and Saturn's up here hitting these things even cleaner than he did and uh, at times and and I was like wow this well, is nuts I was gonna say you're you're probably also used to seeing Sabu botch it 50% of the time. <laughs> How dare you? Um, uh, he, he didn't botch God it bad him. in WCW. But <laughs> God bless him, but I'm just saying. Uh, yes, no, you're you're right. There, there's not Saturn that, kind though. of out-Sabu'd Sabu. Uh, yeah. I would kind of agree with that. So so they go. They end up outside the ring. Benoit gets the advantage again. They throw Saturn out, and they go out there. And, again, he's trying to get after Raven, but Saturn gets the advantage. And then here comes the flock, and they – of course, this is Raven's rules. Anything goes, and so the flock jumps on Raven or jumps on uh, Benoit and starts uh, beating the hell out of him. You get, you know, Hammer lays into. I think it's Hammer. I can't remember who all. Sick Boy for sure does the clothesline mm-hmm. off the guardrail on him, which was real. If you've ever watched a Sick Boy uh, appearance, pretty much he had one move, which was the springboard clothesline. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what he does here to great effect. And then Kidman. Threatens to steal the match of the dang shooting star press off the apron. <laughs> casually, yeah, casually does a shooting star press off the apron. Off the apron, which was insane yeah. for 19. If, if, you, if you're like, you oh, know, big deal. 
It's 1997, <laughs> people. Come on. People weren't yeah. doing this shit. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, here's where my bra- my brain was having a hard time with this match when I watched it today is, like, my 13-year-old self, I was flipping out watching this match. Because my favorite wrestler in WCW at the time was Chris Benoit. And uh, Saturn was this awesome performer in this match. And I'm I'm sitting here like, this is amazing. And it dawned on me watching today that the fans weren't really reacting to this match after the opening minutes. Like they're kind of, they're kind of dead. And that's partially because Saturn wasn't really over yet. He was known just as a lackey pretty much. Um, But I was thinking to myself, it, it almost dawned on me that I watched wrestling much differently when I was younger. When I was younger, I didn't care if the crowd reacted to anything. Like we, uh, the, the Chris Benoit D. Malenko match at Hogwild 96, which famously has one of the deadest crowd reactions of all time. It was one of my favorite matches when I was a kid. And, and, uh, and so here, I remember as a 13-year-old, I was like, I don't care if the crowd reacts to this. These are my guys. They're killing it out there. They're doing shit I've never seen before. So point being, get, do better Washington, D.C. crowd. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Benoit and Saturn. Look, you know uh, what? I think it's okay to sometimes say that a crowd is wrong. Fuck them. They are wrong. They were they were very wrong, and uh, and, and and you know it's hard for me to be too mad at them, be, be given what they would you know be faced with later that night. But nonetheless, they 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 deserve our our ire in this situation. Saturn. I, mean, I get it sometimes. A, I I get it to some extent. I'll put it that way. But at the same time, why is my enjoyment of this match contingent on what right. these There's, idiots are thinking? Yeah. Fuck them. Like. Exactly. Exactly. I like to think they're just absorbing it. What was happening? Because well, they want they liked and they liked Benoit clearly. Yeah. I think they're also to be fair. Again, I'm being very fair. Um, (laughs) Very fair and balanced here. Um, The match they thought they were getting was Benoit Raven, which was right. False false advertising and all that. A legit hot feud, and they'd already like. I mean, this show is littered with all kinds of. Issues. Um, I had forgotten about that actually until I similar. Like had they, I don't even know if they had announced the whole. Yeah, I feel like they had at least announced that Nash was not going to um be showing up because um he had a heart attack or whatever. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, it's a it's a whole thing. He drank too much coffee. Whatever. Or, um, coffee. All right. It did work for him, brother. Trick knee was acting. It was some whatever. <laughs> didn't, didn't so they already knew, it. like, all right, there's one, which was like a, I don't know, was giant Kevin Nash probably this show's maybe co-main event? In I would say of, so. That was definitely the mo- the second most promoted match on the show. Yeah, I mean, they they had the Bischoff. And Bischoff Bischoff and, and Larry, cared, yeah. Who yeah. cared about that, really, at the end of the day? But, oh, you know. Oh, the Mauler. <laughs> yeah, um. So the, this crowd is probably already a little bit down. Like they they've got their work cut out for them in the ring to to try to get them back. They, when you lose the crowd before the show has even started, that's that's a bad sign, and that's maybe what what happened here. Um, so already they're like, all right, we're not going to see a big match that we're looking forward to. Now you're telling us the mid card isn't even going to deliver, and. That's what WCW is kind of known for in 97 is 
if the main event's going to let us down, at least we can we can find our joy <laughs> in the mid card. It's <laughs> like we're not even going to see this fucking Benoit uh, Raven match. It's like, what is this? So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess I'll be a little bit forgiving because uh, I have to say, as as uh, trade offs go, uh, Benoit Saturn. You know, I can work with that in, in lieu of a a uh, Benoit Raven match. That's absolutely that's not, not too terrible looking. You know, and, see what and, they can and, do. And uh, and and it's at one point in the match, uh, Saturn does a a beautiful. It's actually a pretty clever way to get Benoit back on offense. It looks like the flock is just like Benoit's got him in 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 the crossface at ringside. I think he's got Kidman in the crossface at ringside. And then all of the uh, flock members descend upon him and, again, and, and they're all beating him up just like they were earlier. Saturn goes to do an acai moonsault, beautiful acai moonsault. Benoit moves out of the way. Saturn wipes out the entire flock. It works perfectly. It didn't look nobody yeah. looks stupid in it uh, in the process of it. Then Benoit gets him in the ring and starts tearing him up with the snap suplex, the uh, uh, various chops again. That that snap suplex to set up, of course, the uh, the diving headbutt. Which gets a huge pop. Now the crowd's back into it. The, the mm. diving headbutt. Benoit oh, yeah. nails it. He's he's about to, to to most likely win this win this match. In come the flock again. Benoit's tearing them off, throwing them in various directions. And then here comes Raven, and Raven sticks him with the even flow DDT. Benoit takes a beautiful bump off of it. Saturn grabs Benoit, locks him into one of the coolest WCW submissions. It's kind of lost the time. The Rings yeah. of Saturn, one of my favorite moves to do on the old video games, Tim. The N64 video games, the Rings of Saturn. And oh, yeah. uh, and Benoit is unconscious, of course. Referee rings the bell, and Raven has humiliated Chris Benoit once again. Beautiful stuff. I like mm. the match. Uh, it's not the classic that I had it built up in my mind, but as a showcase for Perry Saturn, this match ruled. Fuck yeah. He gets most of the offense in the match, which... I was not expecting for whatever reason. Um, oh, yeah, I thought, Benoit was a big yeah, star. Yeah, Benoit was going to take it a lot of times, but Benoit also had a um, ECW run, so he's he's seen Benoit wrestle before, he, and he already knows his style. You can see when he locks in and when he adapts to that Benoit style and just matches and move. Benoit can't do anything; like he just cuts him off. Um, everything he tries to do until the end. Um, and of course, the flock always helps. Um, I, I was kind of worried when when we were doing these matches because I was afraid that the flock would interfere in everything and that it would take away from what Saturn was doing. And in this match, I don't feel like it did. Like it was all additive to what he's already done. Like he does, they don't take away. I don't think. I mean, Kidman almost mm. sold the show, but. Um, definitely it, it's a, and I was kind of afraid it would be a Benoit match, but it is for sure a Saturn match. Did you catch Dusty saying, uh, I was about to say what the flock's going on out here. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that bump off the apron that he's, and that's another thing. Like even when he's, when he's taking the offense, he, he it looks just as good as <laughs> when he's given it, you know, he's just. He can take it and and give to his partner as much as he adapts to them. The other point I had, oh, the way that he pulls Benoit up by his hair at one point 
during the match. It just it's sort of like a little thing, um, but it's that sort of attention to detail that I really love in the Saturn match. Yeah, I, I have to say I, I love that attention to detail as well. And I I had sort of the I don't know sort of the opposite reaction as you, Greg, um, to rewatching this one because. Uh, very similar because I mean we're around the same age. First time I saw it was like, oh, this is a real blowaway match. And then it was only a few years, a few years ago that I I rewatched this. I I think in the course of just rewatching the entire show, and I thought, oh, this match really isn't as good as I remembered it. It's just kind of there. And um, so. I, <laughs> Spoiler, I was a little bit uh, disappointed when you picked this one, but then when I re-rewatched it just just yesterday, I was like, oh, shit, maybe I sold this one a little bit short. This is like actually – so I'm kind of – I'm kind of all over the place with this match. Depends on I your guess. mood when you're watching it. It, it seems might. to really yeah. depend on my mood, um, which a lot of wrestling is like that, let's face right. it. Um, yeah. But I, I, to your point, Jenny, about how the, the flock are really – additive here I, I think is great because uh what they do is is they don't they don't take away from the match at all they get involved to give you these great heat segments mm-hmm. um and and to serve as really cannon fodder for for chris benoit because you figure you know he's these this these this very intense um uh, uh a much bigger star than than saturn or raven at this point um so if you need him to to really get his heat back and take somebody out. That's what the flock are for. And he, he really just wrecked shop on, on all of them, mm-hmm. but without, um, without really sacrificing, uh, Perry Saturn to the wolves. So everybody kind of gets their shine except for the flock, but that's, that's what they're there for to basically eat right. shit. Exactly. And, uh, they do it so very well. <laughs> um, this is a real hard hitting match. I thought again, um, Probably, probably speaks to that, that ECW background. Yes. Um, but, but also a really solid showcase for, uh, a, a Perry Saturn who has not been with the promotion for that long. We, um, right. I think we forget that, you know, Raven came in like that summer and sort of bummed around, didn't really do anything for a while. Um, the flock had just kind of gotten started with, I mean, they even had, Stevie Richards in there for, for a cup of coffee. Um, but Saturn doesn't come in until like early, I want to say late October, early November. And he's immediately, I mean, immediately thrown into that TV title scene. Like you said, Greg, he, and wins it very early and like just one of his first matches granted is against Disco Inferno, but. Um, does get a championship reign uh, that early in his run, and uh, is part of that TV title scene. Um, takes a break from it here to have this match with with Benoit as as Raven's lieutenant. But um, I just thought from from the bat they they seem to be serious about pushing uh, Saturn. Mm-hmm. Um, gets this you know pretty prominent role on on pay per view, and that's going to continue into 98 it's maybe maybe why i responded so strongly to to him as a character i've always sort of been interested in um you know here's not only only the badass uh villain who's really cool right and that's that's sort of what raven is i i love to hate raven right he was my first 
sort of favorite heel, if, if mm-hmm. there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Saturn was his lieutenant, and you've always got to have a cool lieutenant to compliment your, your villain. And um, they were, again, very serious about uh, Saturn being his own man, but still allied with Raven. And eventually you know that that has to come to a head. There, there's going to be some friction there, and there's going to be a break. And I think that's what I was gearing up for, and that's what's going to lead us into the match that I ultimately chose, which is a little bit... Um, Later into 1998, so a few months after this, a good good six months later, we're going to be at the Great American Bash. And this time, Greg, we are in Baltimore, right? Thankfully. So, I uh, knew I'd land on it eventually. We, we, I feel we like get there. one of this always picks a Baltimore show. Yeah, you can't do a WCW show without eventually landing on Baltimore. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think that's because Great American Bash is such a, a fixture such a such a marquee event. You're always gonna we're always gonna pick some match from a Great American Bash, and so many of them were in Baltimore that this is what we end up with, and it's uh, kind of a kind of a similar setup, which which I had forgotten about, um, Greg, where it's it's supposed to be Raven facing somebody, and he says, "Nope, Saturn, go out there do my light work." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and by this I'd point, Saturn's getting tired of it. He's getting tired of it. Yeah, he's a little bit over it now. And uh, the match was supposed to be um, Raven versus Mortis. So Mortis of the great Mortal Kombat invasion of 1997. <laughs> Absolutely. James Vandenberg's collection of human oddities. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he tried to have a go. Boy, this is how far this is how far down a person has to sink before they're like auditioning for the flock, right? You're trying to you're trying to join the flock and they won't even take you. Uh so that went very badly for Mortis earlier in the year. And he got turfed. He's been out since I don't know, probably early January. And uh now he's he's returned, he's he's shed his identity as as that human oddity Mortis. He's now just Canyon. And he wants revenge against Raven, but uh, Raven's not having it. Said Saturn, "You take care of this guy." Saturn is is very quick to remind folks that uh, he is not a member of the flock. He he is Raven's friend, not a member of the flock. You see, um, so Raven kind of is kind of taking exception to that. You but, know um, what? What was with the WCW? kind of predating modern WWE in some ways, naming convention of 1997-98 where guys would just get their last name. Saturn, Mm -hmm. Canyon, Goldberg. Yeah. I'll say they're not as bad as as modern WWE in that they they would – it's not like it was forbidden to say say their first name. Right. Tony would often say their first name in commentary, yeah. yeah. You're not going to get chewed out if if you did – but yeah, that that is a thing where it's just uh, last name. To, and to their um, credit, Canyon and Saturn do sound cooler than Chris Canyon and Perry. I was Saturn. gonna say, like they Perry is not cooler. a very tough first name. Um, Perry is not a tough guy it, name. No, it, it, <laughs> no, not at all. Sort of a hot guy name. And and and, and, fr- and frankly, frankly, from, a hot from all the Bret, guy name. yeah. From all the Bret Hart interviews over the years, I think I've determined that Goldberg is a better name than Bill Goldberg. <laughs> well, Goldberg. <laughs> so, 
So, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I agree with you. Saturn was the yeah. way to go. All right, so we're going to start with some bullshit right away with this. This is a Tim match, by the way. It um, is. <laughs> can't mention bullshit without. Uh, so some real bullshit starts out here with uh, apparently Mortis making his, his classic entrance. Um, but this is this is all a bit of subterfuge, you guys, because uh, this Mortis is an imposter. And Canyon has now actually made... Uh, his entrance from behind. He mm-hmm. he is uh, behind Perry Saturn is going to sneak at- sneak attack um, Saturn with a of all things schoolboy roll up. Uh, so not not exactly the hottest start here, but if he gets the job done, hey, great. Uh, but Saturn escapes that whips Canyon into the ropes. Canyon counters with a deep swinging neckbreaker. Always looked really good when he did that move. Mm-hmm. Um, but Saturn is going to wind up on Canyon's shoulders off of a charge into the corner, but then he absolutely eats shit from a front pancake. Another cool looking move, kind of a reverse electric chair. Yeah, knock. another in, another Canyon innovation. Yeah, that's something you really saw back then. Um, I get more of that flock interference here, trying to get involved on Saturn's behalf, but uh, Canyon. Manages to thwart that and sends Saturn to the outside with a lariat. Uh, Saturn comes back with a neck snap uh, from the apron and brings himself back in with a slingshot body press, which looks pretty cool. Um, Saturn now unloading on Canyon in the corner with those signature kicks, martial art kicks. Um, it, it Kind of topping it off with a back leg front kick as Eric Bischoff would... <laughs> <laughs> would love to call, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know what else to call it, right? Oh, man. Uh, now, another another interesting sequence here. We, we find them uh, battling back into the corner. Canyon is on the top rope, drapes a leg across the back of Saturn's neck, and then just drives him into the mat. It's sort of like a a, a lazy version of a, a Famouser, I guess. That's- Rocker dropper, if you will. Yeah, rocker dropper. Um, Japanese dropper. A, ja- a Japanese leg drop, yeah. Japanese leg drop. So anyway, uh, the flock now uh, actually pulls Canyon out of the ring for a bit of a beating. Saturn then uh, takes everyone out with a somersault splash. Oh, that was so it doesn't hot. seem to appreciate. Does not seem to appreciate the assistance from the flock here. Um, Nick Patrick, your favorite referee, Jenny, has had enough. And he's I've had Raven, well, Raven's rules or not, he's going to send the flock to the back now. Um, so Saturn then takes the middle rope, suplexes Canyon in from the apron. This is sort of uh, Cesaro style. Remember when Cesaro yep. would do this move? Absolutely. Um, and and this was a Chris Canyon invention, this move. It was, yeah. And <clears> it's <throat> one of those, it looks so awkward because it's like, you're giving up a lot of leverage, so you have to rely on just like brute strength in order yep. to deadlift a guy. I mean, it's it's impressive. No it's incredibly it's impressive, and it's the kind of like when Cesaro was doing it regularly, it was getting a huge reaction every time. Now the audiences were different back then in terms of what they would mm-hmm. react to, but it's such a cool move, and it's such a yeah. clever move, and and yet another one that uh, even though Saturn does it here. 
to my understanding, Chris Canyon is the one that actually came up with that move. And, and you know. That's yeah, just... I've definitely seen him. And I watched <coughs> other matches of Canyon sort of in this stretch where he, he does it all the time. Um, so then, you know, Saturn tries to change tax here a little bit. Um, says, all right, we'll try to put him away with a submission. Gets that drop toll hold into an ankle lock. Um, then he does this sort of uh, bridging half Nelson, which a uh, little bit like uh, really cool. Brian Danielson's uh, cattle mutilation. A little like bit like cattle mutilation, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of wondered if that's what that was starting as, but anyway, um, again, we're just seeing so many influences. How many other wrestlers have I named that do all this shit that? You know, they didn't even exist at the time. Right. <laughs> right. Like, this is how innovative uh, Saturn is here um, in 1998. Uh, it, you know, just going to continue with uh, Saturn crotching Canyon across the top rope um, and bringing him down with a springboard clothesline. Jesus. Looks really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're getting some Sabu action in here with yeah. – uh, uh, springboard drop kick right in right in Canyon's face. The springboard drop kick off of a uh, um, chair, followed by that that double jump moonsault. So now we're oh, getting a chair involved. We're, we're out sabuing Sabu once again. I, he um, does the, he does the jump to the to the one rope, then to the other rope, and then does the moons. It's incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Canyon is hanging on throughout all of this. I mean. Saturn is, is going for pins, going for submissions. Canyon's hanging in there. Um, finally, he, he puts a stop to this flurry with a Russian leg sweep. Um, and then we get this cool sequence where uh, Saturn winds up on the outside on the ring apron, tries to go for another one of those uh, slingshot maneuvers, but Canyon catches him in a, a northern light suplex. Yes, um, very cool. Which I can't imagine what kind of coordination and, and just flexibility that takes but in any case canyon then misses an elbow so saturn takes right back over on offense hitting a neck breaker um we finally slow this pace down mm-hmm. a little bit here with the side headlock on the mat um canyon is battling back he manages to escape with a belly-to-back souffle um then we get some kind of a pinning sequence reminiscent of some stuff you would see in ecw uh, like Canyon goes for an inside cradle, uh, Saturn counters into a backslide, then he um, he goes for a kind of a chicken wing variant sort of pin. Again, it looked very awkward, but very Saturn. Mm. Um, Canyon then, showing off some of his innovative offense, hoisting Saturn up into kind of a fireman's carry, fireman's carry position, uh, but spins out into a... I don't know what to call it, but like a reverse TKO where he, he takes him down by the legs rather than the mm-hmm. head. And like a um, flapjack of, of sorts. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, follows that up with a modified burning hammer, of all things. Here again, 1998. Um, he signals set Canyon then signals for the flatliner. We get a bit of confusion on commentary as to what exactly the flatliner is. <laughs> which, yeah. Which really cracked me up, because it's like such a, it's almost like the commentator is having a dorky wrestling fan exchange, where, uh, like, Mike Tanay says, well, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna set up for the flatliner with that, that reverse, uh, Russian leg sweep, which, 
is the flatliner. Um, <laughs> and then Tony's like, yes, that, that top, that Samoan drop off the top rope. And then he calls <laughs> the flatliner. That's what he calls the flatliner. He, he proceeds it with that, that forward reverse, uh, Russian leg sweep. And it's like, all right, he's not doing that move anymore. Just. Somehow they did not get the memo that, you know, but that, I mean, I, I guess that was the original version of the flatliner, this, this goofy Samoan drop off the top rope that Mortis did a few times, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they, they never settled, they never quite settled this one. Um, in any case, Saturn is able to counter the move and picks Canyon up for a Death Valley driver. At least that's what he looks like he's going for. Uh, Canyon grabs the ropes this time. Uh, Saturn then settles on a standing sidekick. Uh, both guys then battle to the top rope and just take a nasty tumble, um, both hitting the floor. It's uh, pretty pretty sick, those bumps mm-hmm. that they take. Uh, more bullshit here where the <laughs> twin mortises begin... <sighs> <laughs> brawling at ringside and in the ring. I don't know what to call them. Um, and amidst all this chaos, uh, Saturn comes off the top rope for a something that gets uh, <laughs> caught by Canyon. And here he does hit the flatliner for the win. The Mortai continue to fight. Um, <laughs> one of the Mortai uh, congratulates Canyon, but then just as quickly drops him with a DDT. He unmasked himself to reveal this is obviously Raven. Uh, Raven, still mostly in in the Mortis garb, is berating Saturn for losing back in the ring. Uh, He backs off when Saturn starts to take exception to that, gives it back to him a little bit. But then as he notices the flock closing in on the ring, he he goads Saturn into attacking him, does Raven. Uh, So the flock gets in there. They try, try to mob Saturn, and they all get their shit pushed. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that was, that, that was great. Yeah. Which was amazing. Because yeah. I just expect, so, like, the typical, like, kick, kick, punch, punch, and fade mm-hmm. to black. Like, no, yeah. he was not having that. He comes, he comes all right back, back yeah. and says, fuck all of you. I was marking the fuck out at the end of this match. I wanted it to go on longer. I wanted Me to start DVDing, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that thing where he gets one of them in the uh, rings of Saturn, and they have to send all the uh, W7 mm-hmm. officials out to prime yeah. off. Oh my god, that would have been so awesome. Mickey J and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Some uh, yeah. like Lodi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that whole sequence apart. was phenomenal. Uh, so, wow. Um, and then, <laughs> I think in what has to be the call of the night, uh, <laughs> Bobby Heenan, who's been <laughs> Uh, Largely silent I know, throughout this I know entire exactly match. what you're about to say. And I they always have so him do freaking the, hard. They always have uh they always have Heenan do the um the wrap up, the the uh the instant replay, the finish. I don't think he said a word throughout the entire match until he gets to his, you know, designated portion that he has to call here and he goes Well it took Candy nine hundred and thirty seven moves, but he got it done in the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like, there you see, he hits that reverse, Russian leg say it only took him 937 moves to do it, but he got the win. <laughs> Which is just such, you can tell, he, he he just fucking hates matches like this, you can tell, he's like, 
what the fuck is this? Like, this is not. This is not. It's a Tim match, but it sure as shit is not a Bobby Heenan match. Bob. I'll tell you that much. I'm like, why though? Because I have well, I, I have this note too about Bobby. Like, he either sounds drunk, dissent, which he probably was, disinterested, or whatever. I don't know, but but why? Yeah. Well, I think I think Bobby's probably an old school guy that doesn't like the uh, yeah. what, we, what we would call move matches, where it's just everybody hitting everybody with everything and kicking out of it. Sort of yeah. like the modern style of wrestling. But, uh, I mean, I guess it might look like that. I, I don't he's, know. I think he's just more. Yeah, it is that old school thing where I. He's probably just more appreciative of the art of professional wrestling, and by that I mean the smoke and mirrors, which is a very minimalist style where you're taking as few chances, as few risks as possible. You're taking as few bumps as possible, but at the same time creating the illusion that you're really, you know, having this super heavyweight showdown kind of thing. Right. Um, It's very interesting. He's a much more WWF main event style Mm -hmm. of wrestling guy. It's interesting. It does feel like he kind of holds Saturn and Canyon to a little bit of a different standard. I I always thought that that Bobby Mm -hmm. was kind of into the Rey Mysterio matches, for instance. Um, like he, you know, he read, wow, I've never seen that before in my life and stuff like that. Yeah. But in fairness, those matches don't often have quite as many, you know, gigantic moves that are followed up by, you know, two counts and whatnot in those days. Yeah. They just, yeah. they went around a lot quicker. But yeah, I, I picked up on that too. I thought it was hilarious. But I, I really, I really uh, liked this match a lot. I thought, yeah. like, you know, it, it is a move match. It's a, it, you know, they, were, they, were, they probably over did overkill a little bit with some of the stuff mm-hmm. they did. But I thought it was, oh, yeah. I was just marveled at seeing some of these innovative moves being done, you know, before any, you know, 12 years before you'd see them done with any regularity in wrestling. Um, it was, it's, and, and part of that is, of course, we mentioned Canyon being, you know, the innovator of offense, which really wasn't just a catchy t- nickname for him. It was true at the time. He was very much innovating moves every week that nobody had seen before. And then Saturn, just as much, even if he wasn't innovative, innovating something, he was showing something to a national audience for the first time. And it was, it, I, I loved this. I thought it was like, uh, you know, the only to me, I, I I would have I was completely all in favor of this match until the the dueling Mortai at the end. Uh, <laughs> that that was so unnecessary, and it kind of hurt. If it was just Raven, it would in the Mortis costume that would have been great. But I, I'll be honest, the whole time after Raven's reveal, all I was thinking is, who the hell was the other Mortis? No, no, they never show it. And they never show him. Never, I was hoping, waiting for him to unmask and be I don't know, sick boy or something. But it was no. Brian Lee. Prime time, Brian Lee has shrunk yeah. and become the new, the new Mortis. John Curtis. <laughs> Raven could be like, I put Brian Lee in my dryer. When I pulled him out, this is what he looked like. <laughs> but he, uh, it, it's, um, oh my gosh. Tachay, <laughs> we didn't even mention Benoit's atrocious promo <laughs> before the start. Quote the Raven, no I more. That was awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> Quote the Raven, no more. <laughs> But, but anyway, besides that, Canyon, yes, uh, Canyon, uh, I, I think this is a guy, and, and, and I think we talked about this on the show, before. Canyon is a guy that is so, it's so tragic what happened to him, it's so tragic how his career ended up, how his life ended, and it, it, because it, he was, he genuinely was one of the most innovative wrestlers, he was 
good at every role they ever put him in. And uh, and and I think that shines here. This is him as a kind of cold baby face, basically, in this match. And he's still out there working his ass off, getting his opponent over, getting himself over, getting his moveset over. And, of course, within a few months, he'd settle into finding who he was as a character. And so he, he was – this match was just as much about him as it was Saturn. But then ultimately the post-match is what this match is kind of remembered for, which is Saturn's babyface turn and setting up the great feud that led into the fall brawl match we reviewed on our Raven episode. So yes. I really enjoyed this. The springboards, the the, the suplexes, the uh, canyon fighting from underneath and displaying just crazy new moves that would become the staple of every kid's creator-wrestler move set in the late 90s. So, yep. Uh, yep. so yeah, I, I, I love this match, and uh, lots of respect to Chris Canyon. I, I fucking loved it, too. Such a Tim match uh, in the best way. Uh, my my quibble is not with Bobby in the commentary, though. It's with Mike and and Tony and whoever wants to keep praising Nick Patrick during the match. <laughs> like, they, yeah, they, they focused on him for some reason because they kept bringing him up. And I'm like, does something happen later in the show? Probably. I don't, I don't know. But it was just like um, like a lot of like positive Nick Patrick stuff. Uh, I'm like, nope. I don't need to hear that. Um, I'd rather listen to Bobby be sarcastic about the match than, than hear some Nick Patrick praise. But, like, so during the slowdown part of the match, it was just like sort of bomb throwing and the kicking out. But... They slowed it down, and it was very earned, I felt like, because mm-hmm. they worked really hard, and mm-hmm. <laughs> they were both trying to find that 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 one mistake or that one thing that they could use to turn the match, and they just kind of kept digging for it and kept countering each other in, like, a really awesome way. Um, and, and even with the the two mor- mortis, I, morti- mortises, Mortis. I don't know, um, to me – it's the same thing as the flock. It like it it was fuckery, but it didn't really take away from it um that much. Just because of the work that they put in thus far in the match. Yeah. Like I mean they don't they ever do it really. It's they, just, they really it's just some bullshit. It, it's it's just, just some bullshit and it's just whatever. And it but it leads to, to Saturn having just a really memorable post match. Like mm-hmm. it, it like, I'm conditioned to have these beatdowns at the end of matches, especially in ECW, and, and, and that's where you end it. And then for him to have that great comeback and, and turn was just – it made it for me. I, I freaking love this match. and um, it's, it's The other Mortis was me. <laughs> <laughs> I went out there under the mask. I didn't have anything else to do. Nobody knew. <laughs> Should. <laughs> it, it's one of those that um, – it's well, funny. the would be a dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> Learned it all from Arn. <laughs> I think that this wrestler is unique in our podcast land here just because of um, – I have much more of a depth of knowledge for him as a wrestler than I do um, most of the guys that we talk about. So um, – for me, I had all this stuff I was bringing with me when I was learning mm-hmm. about him mm-hmm. in WCW, and that's not typically the case mm-hmm. for us. Um, so I did watch a lot of Saturn matches. 
um, one that we had already covered with Raven um, when I was watching. I'm like, we've already watched this, haven't we? Like, yeah, I can't choose this match. Which, um, I mean, it's like his best match. Um, it's so good. And so good. Honestly, yeah. probably like a top five match of the year in WCW. <laughs> like, that match is incredible. But anyway, we already talked about it. Yeah. yeah, that was the Fall Brawl 98 one, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go over what else I watched, um, when we talk about our honorable mentions, but what I decided on was I, I think of Saturn as a tag team wrestler and I wanted to see what he had, um, in tag teams in WCW. So what I landed on was, um, Raven and Saturn versus Malenko and Benoit from Spring Stampede 1999. The last yeah. great WCW pay-per-view. Is there? There is. Yep. Okay. There is. Well, this has got to be one of the reasons, I would hope. Like, legitimately great, not, like, ironically bad. And <laughs> right. Yeah, not like yeah. Vince Russo. Not like the way I like things, but, like, Well, real. not what I like. <laughs> like, it, it's a great show top to bottom. It really is. Yeah. Well, this match is a fucking banger, and, um... It's a lot. So they recap um, to start the match an episode of Thunder where Saturn and Raven had um, <laughs> had crashed onto Benoit onto a table, but it doesn't break. So they kind of like go into a little bit of their feud. And um, then Benoit misses the headbutt and smashes into a chair. So mm-hmm. that leads them to... This match, um, and Malenko and Benoit are with Arn Anderson, who... They are the horsemen. At, they at are the horsemen, it's, basically. It's, yeah, Benoit, Malenko, Arn, and Flair. And they have... They're, I would say at this point, they are they're all heels. Um, they had started out after they reformed the horsemen. Um, everybody's a babyface, because, you know, you can't... I mean, WCW fans are always going to want to cheer the Horsemen. Mm-hmm. But they've done this angle where uh, Flair has become the WCW, WCW champion and president of the company also. And now he's, like, drunk on power. So he's, like, turned heel, and the Horsemen are still with him. Um, Arn looks sexy as fucking all black, by the way. Um, Dude, how boy, good right. was Arn <laughs> I'm sorry, I just put on the match in the background. It's and I, hot. I didn't how, have how that in my How good a shape was he in for this? Why do he you think I'm amazing? Picked... Yeah, he uh, looks super trim here in 1999. So, anyway, yeah, sorry. The, the horsemen are, are heels at this point. You've got Raven and Saturn who have, after spending – you know, the latter half of, of 1998 feuding mm. have now reunited as right. no more flock, but they're a tag team. So, and um, I think this kind of started with the Horsemen sort of singling out Raven and um, like nobody really cared because Raven's a piece of shit. Fuck him. So, <laughs> so like nobody came to help him except Saturn, who uh, was just. Uh, he didn't really give much, much of an explanation other than, I have my reasons kind of thing. <laughs> what are you so, looking at? His reason is like, <laughs> that he was Raven's friend and not part He was of Raven's flock. friend, not yeah. a member of the flock, exactly. I think it's maybe Saturn being just a bit of a contrarian here. If, yeah. if uh, everybody hates Raven, if no one's going to help Raven, then I'm going to be the one who breaks the ice. He doesn't, he doesn't adhere to society's norms. 
He doesn't. And he proves it with that outfit that he wears to the oh ring. Oh, boy. Do we call it chain mail? What do we call it? Uh, it's a, it's a uh, chain link vest. Uh, I think it's a chain link dress. Um, yeah, a, a, a cape. Uh, it's very Marilyn Manson at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then he um, is wearing what is referred to in commentary as a leather tuscadero. Okay. Can I okay. can I can I confess something? I don't know what a tuscadero is. Yeah, I have no idea. I assume it's this, which Bobby calls mud flaps. <laughs> he, um. I think Tony has also referred to this as a corset, so maybe a... It's not a corset at all. No, it's not, but I think because of the lace in the back, um, there, you know what? What's Lois wearing around the Shivani household? He he did wear a a version of this that, uh, it it sort of had more of a midriff to it. Like here, it's just right. when he actually gets in the ring and wrestles, it's it's just the the skirt, right? Yeah, yeah, because he takes off the waist trainer part He'd of say it. He takes off. <laughs> yes, there is a version of this that that rode up rather high and had the the lace. Um, it was sort of more of a um, looked more like a course. I mean, it wasn't, but that's sort of the idea. Because I remember him, I watched a match from that uh, iteration of Perry Saturn for consideration. I don't even remember what the match was at this point. Um, it might have been that. Didn't, didn't this all start because he lost the match to Chris Jericho with a loser yeah, wears a dress? Had, yeah, he had a loser wears a dress match with Chris Jericho. But he, you see, he took a liking to wearing the dress, even though <laughs> yeah, I love he that lost. so much. I'm glad nobody picked any of those Jericho matches because I kind of think they're trash. Oh, um, really? Yeah. They, they didn't uh, have great. They did not have great chemistry. That's exactly. weird. It um, is. You would think they would work well together. But anyway. Regardless, yeah. he can wear whatever the fuck he wants. He can wear uh, what he likes. He pulls it off. It doesn't matter. He looks badass. He looks amazing. <laughs> Everybody looks. These four wrestlers are like. Fucking sponge worthy. Like it's like they are <laughs> sponge worthy. I'm just like Damn. They're just hot. I mean all of it, this combination of wrestlers and and I don't know, it just it's exciting. Like because I I know what they could do and they're all very talented and so it just makes me like very nervous. <laughs> oh well um, and after after burying that Washington D C crowd, how friggin' awesome is this crowd? Oh, they love it. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. My ECW heart just loves it. So anyway, Saturn's got his like yellow eyes in too, so it's like a whole, it's like oh, a whole thing. How how does it's like all the shit that Saturn does? Like it looks amazing. It's it's so physical. And then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna put these blinding contacts in. Like <laughs> why? I mean, like it looks so cool. Like, but it's it, it to me it it ups everything like just thinking about how he sees things through the contacts has got to be very uncomfortable (laughs) and weird so i don't know so they grapple very briefly because i thought they would be like a typical sort of um you know mat wrestling type component to this given the wrestlers involved but no we don't fuck around with that very much at all Mm. because um 
Saturn is pushed to the outside, uh, to the floor, uh, where Malenko immediately jumps on him from the side um, to attack him. And Saturn ain't having that. Throws um, Benoit back into the ring, uh, double teams him with Raven. They whip him into the corner, uh, get uh, two on him. Another double team as Saturn is tagged back in. He covers for two again. Immediately we're starting um, with the pen attempt, so it's going to be a lot of that. Um, Bobby points out how well matched all the all four of these men are. Um, I was curious what you guys' thoughts were with putting Raven in with the evenly matched conversation with the other three wrestlers. Uh, I think it was legitimate because I think we yeah. we had done on our uh, on our Benoit episode that that matched the end with Raven, which was very good. Uh, it sold out ninety eight. But also that all of them were kind of occupying the same space on the card. That sort of the mid-card guys, that the fans were wanting to elevate beyond the level that they were at at that time. And I think all of them were sort of in that deal where you could put them in there and they'd have – Raven certainly wasn't the technician that mm-hmm. Benoit and Malenko or probably even Saturn were. But I think Raven was a – good worker that could have a good match with most people because he was very smart and knew how yes. knew his character and he was over and uh, could talk. And, you know, I think, right. I think it added an element. We had seen these combinations have good matches before, whether it was Raven versus Saturn versus Benoit. So I think it's fair to say that he was in that same, you know, all those guys, them, you throw Jericho in there at the time, or a little bit before that, I guess. And then maybe a handful of other guys that were kind of, banging into the proverbial glass ceiling in WCW at that time. And uh, clearly from the reactions here, I think the fans were ready for all these guys to be major players. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I think it can be said that in 1999, Chris Benoit could could carry anyone to at least a three-star match. It's kind of that broomstick formula Mm -hmm. for a new era. Um, But it's not a case of, uh, okay, Saturn and and Raven could individually have good singles matches with Benoit. That's not saying much. The fact that no matter what combination of those three that you looked at, you you've got like a near five star match. Like Saturn it's... and Raven had a near five star match. I mean, I I think it's a near five star match that that fall brawl mm-hmm. blow off that they had for their feud. Raven and Benoit uh, at sold out to some people, depending on who you ask, is five stars. I mean, that's that's not nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's right right there. You know, you're you're working with. I mean, and we and we talked about Saturn and Benoit having um, an awesome singles match earlier in the show. So I mean, it, it just makes sense that even when you don't think of of Raven as being. Um, you know, being able to, to carry the, the technical load in the way that somebody like a Malenko or, or Benoit could, he works really, really well yes. um, with with this combination of guys. I will say, um, at the time, putting myself back in my 1999 fan mindset, I was a little bit pissed that they put Saturn and Raven back together, just because I... It just hadn't been that long since the Con- continuity issues. Yeah, continuity issues and just character issues. I was like, I don't want to see um, Saturn teaming with this guy again. I, I kind of liked where Raven was 
as that. I think they had they were starting like their version of the hardcore division, and Raven was a heel doing his thing as as part of that group. And I think the main problem was that Saturn was twisting in the wind. They needed something for him as talented as he was, and they couldn't figure it out. So they just kind of settled on, well, let's go back to the well, what worked before, and uh, that's how we got here. So I I wasn't thrilled with the decision um, on the face of it, but once they actually did it and started having matches like this, I was like, "Eh, I think I I can make my piece. I I, got to say, uh, for, you know, to add a little context to this time period of WCW, I really thought that that pairing, uh, along with, Benoit Malenko and, and he, really Tony even alludes to this on commentary and Mysterio and Kidman, uh, the Jersey triad, which would be formed, uh, mm-hmm. with DDP and uh, Canyon and Bam Bam. It really did feel like a tag team revival because tag team wrestling was oh, yeah. dead in 1998. Dead. Absolutely Long. dead as a doornail and, and whatever a doornail is. Mm. And, uh, and to and, the point that the belts weren't even being defended, like yeah. they were just. Yep. In Rick, abeyance for months Rick, and months. Rick Steiner and Kenny Chaos were the tag champs at one point. I mean, it, it was it was it was bad. It was bad. But mm-hmm. so this this was not only a revival of the tag team season, WCW's TV product was re- getting to be really bad around this time. And these guys these guys were carrying the show in my opinion. I remember, you know, that summer, like I would tune into Nitro and the only thing I'd be waiting on was what's going to happen in the tag division with these four teams, uh, yeah. you know, adding the triad into it. And they would go out and just have these badass matches every week. And, um, and, and it was, it, it was really a breath of fresh air and, and, you know, unfortunately it didn't last long enough, but, uh, it was, it, it did feel like it was revival. And you hear Tony on commentary, you know, almost, almost being a fanboy talking about how great he says, how great it is to see tag team wrestling back again, because it really was, a dark period, you know, starting in about mid-97 all the way through 98. Mm-hmm. Well, Perry Saturn is the fucking best choice for for this <laughs> tag team revitalization because I love watching him in the tag team. Raven tags, him, tags in. He gets drop-kicked to the floor where Malenko and Double A uh, take the opportunity to stomp on his face. Um, Bobby says that he knows how ruthless Double A is after uh, managing him for so long. Um, so he knows that any chance that he has to get involved in this match, he will. Back in the ring, Raven eats a chop as Malenko tags in. They double team as Bobby talks about how all four of these men love pain and they're all into pain. Um, I feel like all that checks out. Um, I think. Through what I know about all these dudes, there's either a very high pain tolerance or an enjoyment of pain, especially in Raven's case. Um, <laughs> so I, it, I think it adds a sort of a level of you have to be a little bit more brutal during this match because you know that the guy opposite you is not scared of hurting at all. And he's yeah. doing everything he can to hurt you, and he doesn't care what you do to him. <laughs> it's almost um, the point that, you know, what Bobby's mentioning is that the Benoit and Malenko's finishing holds, both being submissions, won't work on Raven because he won't quit. He won't uh, because he doesn't feel that pain. He doesn't register with him. So they have to think outside of that. 
Malenko gets the vertical suplex on Raven uh, for two. Another quick tag by Benoit, and Raven grabs an inside cradle, but Benoit kicks out. Uh, commentary mentions that the ref, Charles Charles Robinson, has a close connection to Horseman Ric Flair. So, mm, seems like they're Maybe. saying that yep. he might be a little bit um, lenient on the Horseman during this match. We'll see. Benoit suplexes Raven for another two, a lot of this. They double-team Raven in the corner while the ref argues with Saturn. Malenko whips Raven into the corner and eats a pair of clotheslines, and then Malenko spits on Saturn. And I was like, oh, honey, oh, don't do that, because <laughs> I've seen him snap in a match, and uh, I-, I thought it was really going to ramp up, but he doesn't attack him after the spitting, which I thought was weird. Uh, he sends Raven into the corner again and eats a boot twice before Raven finally gets a clothesline off and makes the hot tag to Saturn. Saturn clobbers all three, including Arn, who had popped up right around then, gets Benoit under his skirt in the corner. He, he like, props him up, stands up on the ropes, and drapes his Tuscadero skirt over his face and, <laughs> and like, starts punching him like... Uh, I'm, like, jealous uh, at that point. Jealous. Jealous. Uh, I need the Tuscadero spot. Um, Malenko sets Saturn up in the corner, but Raven scoops him up on his shoulders, and Saturn just kind of just kind of jumps off and, and pushes him down hard off the top rope. Saturn sets up the Death Valley driver, but Benoit, Benoit saves it. Uh, and then eats a German suplex, suplex, suplex um, by Benoit. Raven flies at Benoit, and they both spill to the floor. Kind of a wild spot there. Uh, Raven disappears for a minute. Um, back in the ring, Malenko grabs a Texas Cloverleaf on Saturn, but he grabs the ropes to break that hold. Uh, I like that spot. Mm-hmm. Um he comes crowd, back. Crowd was into it. Yeah, it was good. He comes back to hit the finally hit the Death Valley driver on Malenko mm-hmm. just as Benoit hits the flying headbutt on Saturn for a close two. Yeah, it was, so, was good. so sick. Stupid, awesome, seamless teamwork. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get a great shot of Arn's what the fuck face after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His facial expressions. Yeah, were great. so good. Uh, Benoit chops the shit out of Saturn while Bobby wonders, where did Raven go? Like, oh, yeah, he was knocked to the floor. And then Raven pops up right when he wonders where he was at. Backbreaker for two on Saturn, and then they start attacking the knee. Dean tries to cover a few times and then hooks a sleeper hold on Saturn. Raven stomps Dean head, Dean's head to release and then um, gets the suplex on Saturn. They double team again, but Saturn still won't stay down. He is he is just as <laughs> ruthless and as uh, as ungiving up is that a word as uh, Raven is. So that's another thing that makes our team sort of unique to me. Uh, they do the belly to back on Malenko by Saturn, who finally makes the tag to Raven. Raven comes in, elbows everyone, clotheslines Malenko to the floor. Saturn follows. Uh, around on the side, as Malenko gets thrown to the floor, he throws a chair up in the ring to Raven, and then double A 
and then attacks Double A Amalinko while Raven is in the ring setting up the chair. The crowd gets to their feet. Hey, what a difference a year makes. The crowd the crowd goes from from booing the drop yeah. to hold spot to to anticipating to, it, yeah. waiting for it. The whole match they're waiting for it. Um, he grabs some wide, does the drop toe hold into the chair, big pop. Enter the table that Raven Ooh. and um, Saturn had brought to the ring that we completely forgot about. I didn't even mention at the beginning, but they came out toting the table. With a table, I, yes. Yes, I really, really love when you can bring back a prop that I've previously forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of ECW flavor there, too. Um, Malenko is laid out on the table, um, but Arn pulls him away just as Saturn goes off the top turnbuckle, smashes into the table. Fucking sick bump. <laughs> um, meanwhile, even Flow DVT, DDT on Malenko in the ring. And then Arn wants to come in. The ref chases him off. The timing at the end is beautiful. Yeah. So. Arn gets to the ring. The ref chases him off. Benoit does the flying headbutt right into the chair that is on top of Raven. Ooh, eats it too. Just yeah. stunning, like stunning. It, it's a complete, um, <laughs> as Tony says, sacrifice <laughs> um, move that gets the win for Malika because he covers Raven. Um, but boy. Uh, what a finish. Yeah. That's an amazing uh, finish. Yeah. I it, mean, it, say what you will, it's kind of hard to watch. Yeah, whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah. and I hesitated on that part to, like, praise it much. Right. But. It's mm, extremely effective. It's extremely amazing. Um, so it's hard to, like, not praise it. Um, and I love it. Like, I love the finish to this. Um, everyone is all fucked up. All four of these guys are incredible at what they do, adding Arn to the mix just is that perfect little spice to an incredible match. It's just so cool to like what we've seen of Raven and Saturn at odds and then to put them together at the end, which pissed some of you guys off. But just in this little weird world that we've created on Talking WCW to watch them, like, go Come from, full circle. Like, yeah, it's it's – you know, it's cool, and I, I really like it, and I think that Perry Saturn adds something to this match that nobody else could, and it really is um, worth a rewatch if you've not watched Spring Stampede 1999 in a while. Um, watch it, Absolutely. and especially this match. What would you guys think? Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think that I'm speaking too far out of turn to say this is definitely the best match that we watched tonight. Yeah. Uh, this is this was this took the cake for me. This is just great, great tag team wrestling, high octane, uh, impactful. They they work around the referee. And there is that element that 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 where the referee may be on the take, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not entirely sure if he is or isn't on the take, but you definitely feel like he's you're you're kind of pissed at him because it feels like he's favoring the horseman a little bit here, and it, it just it plays into the match so well mm. because the heat. The heat on Raven and Saturn is great. To, the, the segments there, and then the hot tags. There's two hot tag segments, and both of them are equally effective. Saturn comes in and raises hell, and then later on Raven gets one and comes in and raises hell. The the crisp 
timing of the teamwork stuff. Arn's interference is perfect throughout the match. He knows exactly when to come in and get his pot shots in, uh, when to when to sort of influence the match. Benoit and Malenko are like machines. It's amazing. Match. They're just they're 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 they almost like don't have emotion. They're just terminators mm. trying to trying to wipe out their opposition. And uh, and and even though it's kind of a weird visual since we've seen where his character was a year prior, Raven has a lot of energy on the apron, slapping mm-hmm. the turnbuckle to get yep. the crowd into it, and 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 rallying the the, the people behind Saturn to get him to make the hot tag and everything. Um, I, I thought it was I I I, I love this match the first time I saw it on that show. And I, I was pleased to, to see it's just as good as I remembered it being. It was a really strong, especially for 1999. It can't be stressed enough. This was a very strong tag team match and a, and a real kind of mix of a throwback tag team match with the new age wrestling style we were seeing out of Perry Saturn and Chris Benoit in particular. Um, and Malenko is is amazing, and 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 Raven is one of the best psychologists that there is in wrestling. So for sure, uh, it, it was it was I, I think it was a beautiful mesh, and and uh, I, I could have watched them wrestle another twenty minutes easily. Yeah, so um, I'll just put this out here because I, I do like to point it out when it does occur. Uh, this match was number thirty six. My greatest WCW oh, matches wow. of all time list. Yeah, good. Pick. I had a brief, brief moment of panic where I, I thought maybe <laughs> I'd overlooked it, but no, it's it's on here. Um, and that I mean that's quite high, honestly, for um for what was a pretty hard hard list to put together. Um, because we're still in like you know four and a half star range mm-hmm. basically when mm-hmm. when you're in the thirties. Um. So, uh, yeah, this is such an ambitious match, I think, especially for 1999. And everything they do comes off beautifully. It's smooth as silk. There's not a, not a botch to be found. Um, and it's, it's really quite breathtaking to sit back and, and rewatch. Um, you know, whether it's, it's in 1999 or 20 plus years later. And every and, uh, bit of it holds up. Every bit of it holds up, yeah, and and even the finish, I will say. <laughs> well, sure, um, yeah, even the some of the participants. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, on a show where we had Chris, two Chris Benoit matches, yeah. or whatever. Um, <laughs> Unintentional. Don't worry uh, about was it. it. <laughs> was it? Let's uh. Do, yeah. Uh, Chris, yeah. Chris Benoit retired in 2004. I believe. <laughs> Someone had to say it. Um. If there is any any single reason to watch WCW in 1999, it is not the singles matches. It is the tag team division, mm-hmm. which, Greg, as you pointed out, was completely revitalized. Uh, and Saturn is such a huge component of that, not just teaming once again with Raven, which whatever qualms I have with that will be dispelled very quickly because this team isn't going to last for the long haul. Um, no, no, Raven's going to get plugged in there with, uh, or Saturn, excuse me, is going to get plugged in there with Benoit, of all people, to form a new tag team, because they, they do quite a bit of musical chairs, uh, with these teams in 1999. All of it, I think, for the better, is, is convoluted, as some of it seemed, as, as some of it sounds to try to, to, to describe how it plays out. You mentioned the triad getting involved, um, 
And it all just kind of contributes to this this larger story playing out of the the uh, younger horsemen and Benoit and Malenko um, wanting to step out on their own, don't want to do Ric Flair's dirty work anymore, similar to Saturn, not wanting to do Raven's dirty work, and, um, you know, Canyon coming becoming uh, pals once again with Raven. So it's like all this shit feels like it that we've talked about on this episode sort of comes full circle. Yeah. And then Raven, of course, Raven, of course, uh, eventually forms a new faction called the Deadpool. The last two weeks. Yes. Uh Canyon's going to end up in uh, the triad with, with DDP and Bigelow. Again, you've got Benoit and Saturn um, becoming a new tag team. Uh, Malenko's still in there. Still often teaming with Benoit as well. Um, but that, of course, is going to lead us to the revolution with Jenny, your favorite, Shane Douglas, yada, yada. Uh, point being, uh, just speaks to, to Saturn's versatility in working with a variety of opponents. So I would say not to uh, not to get ahead of ourselves and you know, our recommendations or honorable, honorable mentions, what have you, but uh, this is, I've said it before, this is a uh, Greg Phillips very prototypical version of I think the SmackDown Six mm-hmm. his tag team scene in WCW '99. A hundred percent, a hundred. The Horsemen, you got the Horsemen, you got Raven and Saturn, and you've got uh, the other side of that equation, which we haven't talked about: uh, Kidman and Rey Mysterio. Yep. And all six of these guys are going to mix it up at Slamboree a month later in 1999. So. Yep. Another great match. I, I can see it's another great match. I can see not picking it for a Saturn episode because he is kind of one out of six guys in a in a match where everybody is super talented, right? Um, you know, you, you might pick that as a uh, best of best of w, WCW tag team matches, but you can't really single out any one performer in a match like that. So. Um, you know, that was one I, I did rewatch. I, I did cons- just because I think it's a great match, but couldn't in good conscience say uh, it's a it's a Perry Saturn match. Right. Um, so, but anyway. Um, but if you like this, really, I highly recommend watching that one. It's, it's yeah, a yeah, definitely need to do. Uh, yeah, the only thing that, I will say, I wish that Raven and Saturn had busted out the total elimination. Um, they kind of did at the beginning. Was, yeah, a little bit, bit of one because yeah, it wasn't. It was their one. version of it. it yeah. was I, I don't know if Raven can do the uh, the, the right. spinning yeah. the spinning kick deal. You know what? I think he can. But uh, apply yourself, Raven. Yeah, I like Get that they level, did as as much as like it's not as um it's certainly not as as flashy as as the Eliminators version um but it's probably better than like. What the Midnight Express were doing, right. <laughs> which don't get me wrong, we talked yeah, about them I mean, last yeah. episode and praise up, but uh, I thought it still came off pretty, pretty cool for what it was. Um, but anyway, yeah, this this match in a lot of ways reminds me of probably like that. Uh, what is it? Uh, that New Mercy 2002 um, tag title match with uh, Benoit and Angle against. Um, Edge, Edge and Mysterio. And Mysterio. Yep. And, and then again, then the next month you had Survivor Series with those those two teams plus the Guerreros. So it's like 
like, was Paul Heyman watching some 99 WCW when he's, he's booking SmackDown in 2002 with, uh, like, a lot of these same guys? Um, I would think got so. Mysterio and Benoit are the two, you know, that's, that's one third of it in both, you know, WCW and, and WWE, these tag team scenes that were so hot. But anyway, I don't know. That's a that's a very side discussion. Interesting parallels is what I'm saying. So watch watch all these great tag matches in '99 WCW, most of which involve Perry Saturn in some way. Watch your old SmackDown Six and, and Fall of uh, Fall of 2002 in WWE. See how they compare. Fun experiment, I think. Yeah, I I was. Uh... I was very uh, uh, that, that's a great comparison that I hadn't really thought of until you until you vocalized it, but it's it instantly I'm like yeah that that's a that's a great parallel there um, that that those those ninety seven or ninety nine rather tag matches um, it, it also a, a great source of frustration for me and always has been as a WCW fan because even at the time I. I you could read the tea leaves if you were a fan of wrestling. You could read the direction things had gone in. The WCW was hanging on by – not hanging on in terms of – I didn't think they were going to go out of business, but they were hanging on in terms of relevancy by a thread. Mm. But they had these guys there that we as a fan base – you know, obviously everybody didn't have the same tastes as me at age 15 or whatever. But the general WCW fan base had these guys that they were behind, new faces, fresh faces, Saturn – uh, Benoit, Malenko, Jericho, Mysterio, Kidman, uh, Raven, on down the list, that they really wanted to be have be elevated, and the fans viewed them as stars, and it just felt like the company wouldn't just wouldn't get that last little nudge behind them to get them to the level where we could have been seeing these guys. I legitimately feel that we we could have seen these guys in main events by the summer of '99, and it just it mm-hmm. it didn't really materialize that way. Um, unfortunately. Did you guys have any um, honorable mentions that we haven't talked about yet? Tim Tim mentioned uh, my top honorable mention, which was the Slamboree match. I didn't go with it for the same reason that, that he mentioned, where I felt like it's too much of an ensemble match, but it really is, uh, in many ways, just as good as this one. It's a it's a uh, a great a great match. Uh, as my mom keeps texting me for some reason, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, she, well, she's a big supporter too. Huh? Yeah, uh, apparently so. She knew we were talking about Perry Saturn, and she just split up. Had to get a run in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and also, weirdly enough, I, and I don't, I should preface this. I haven't rewatched it, so I don't know if this match is good. But I remember it being interesting. Which is, I almost picked the Saturn and Goldberg match because it's obviously Saturn's yeah. most prominent match, and I do We're remember the, them doing the some kind of stampede. Cool. Goldberg Saturn. Ninety eight, yeah, that's the one I watched. Uh, yeah, I think so. I came yeah. real close. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel like, uh, and and without having rewatched it, I remember them doing some kind of cutting edge MMA style stuff in that match. Um, the rolling yeah. leg lock and things of that nature, and, yeah, and I don't know, do. I just felt. Yeah. It felt a little physical, and I, so I almost went with that one. That would probably be my my second uh, honorable mention that I, that I strongly considered for this one. I watched that one too, and I liked it, but um, I don't know. It, it felt more Goldbergy than it did. I that Saturday. was my exact takeaway. Also, was as much as I I liked the match, and it it was sort of um, 
cutting edge for like they definitely tried a lot of stuff that didn't necessarily come off that well, but right. I admired the effort. Um, mm-hmm. It ultimately it it felt more like a Goldberg match than a Saturn match because it says more about just sort of where Goldberg was in his career at that point in 1998 in um, having a match where he does eat some offense and it, it right. gets a little bit of time. And it's it's been a little bit forgotten, I would say, because everybody goes, oh, he didn't have his first real match wasn't until the DDP thing at Halloween having. It's like, no, that's not true at all, actually. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. a really it's a really good match. It's probably his mm-hmm. best match, but it's not by any means his first real match of any length. Um, so yeah, there was that, and that they had a rematch at uh, Slamboree, which. Um, Felt like uh, two guys who had worked together already and mm-hmm. had figured out and worked some of the kinks out. So it was a little bit smoother, but in a way not kind of as good or as entertaining, I should say. Because um, that one's a little bit more polished. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. ultimately, I just I just said th- these are Goldberg matches, not not Saturn yep. matches. Yeah, I watched both of those and. <laughs> Saturn's for me, Saturn's big um thing is his adaptability and how he kind of melts into whatever style his his opponent is doing and you can't do that with Goldberg. <laughs> so right. it, it doesn't you really can try. Yeah, you can you try can see but what happens when you try it doesn't really ugly. it doesn't it really showcase ugly. him like right. um, You're going to get run through, but yeah, right. I mean <laughs> Uh, also, I watched that um, Jersey Triad match that um, from what was that? Bash at the Beach ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but that is that was good. It was long though. It was a bit long. Well, and, that is a long match. And yeah. he does. It's, it's interesting because it's a handicap match with him and Chris Benoit, and then the other three, which. I kind of was earmarking that for one of the other wrestlers in that match that I might come back Ooh. into later so intriguing um, yeah could could be one that i bring up again along similar lines i had um it was just it was actually just before that match jenny it was at the great american bash 99 you had um benoit saturn versus uh ddp and canyon so no bigelow mm-hmm. i think bigelow does get involved but the match on paper is just ddp and canyon for the triad versus Benoit Saturn, which according to my GWCW, I liked a little bit better than the bash at the beach match, but oh, they're, really? they're pretty, sim- they're pretty mm-hmm. similar. They're pretty similar. And then other than that, uh, gosh, um, Oh, I watched, um, TV title match with Booker T at, uh, not sold out super brawl 98. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty solid outing. But again, I, I might look at as more of a if we do like a Booker T episode. Mm-hmm. Um, TV title match was yeah. that? Yeah, so it was. So Booker T uh, had a match with Rick Martell um, right before that, and he won, but had like unfinished business with Saturn. So, and I think honestly, 
Martell was supposed to win it, but he ended up getting injured. He, like, blew his knee out. And so they had to call an audible in the finish. Booker T wins the title um, and goes on to advance against Saturn. So he had he basically had to defend the title twice. It, um, that that might be a good uh, a good match to save for a possible episode on the TV title as well. Okay. Okay. If we chose to do such a thing. If we did such a thing. Mm. If we did such a thing. Any other Saturn thoughts um, before we pick our next topic? No, I think I think uh, you know, innovative and uh, ahead of his time is probably the best way I can I can describe uh, WCW's version in particular of. Of uh, of Perry Saturn, so I'm I'm glad we picked him because he's a guy that kind of gets uh, you know we kind of alluded to it with the radicals, uh, but he kind of gets lost in the shuffle because the other members of that group, two of the other members of that group, ended up being such big stars um, that people kind of forget that Saturn at the time was a big deal and was a very a, a very skilled wrestler who had a lot of a lot of good matches in WCW. Yeah, um, dude is great. I, I can sort of see the criticism that he has a lot of matches that fall into that um, that category of uh, this feels like I'm playing a video game um, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But Brian Cage at the matches. same yeah um, at the same time I I'll put it this way I say I like that style of wrestling I like that style of wrestling when it's exemplified by wrestlers that I really like. If, it, if I don't care mm-hmm. about the wrestlers, then that kind of thing is, is not going to win me over, you know? Mm-hmm. But if I fundamentally like the guys in there who are doing it, then I sort of just, I don't want to say dismiss that criticism, but I'm like, I don't care. It's entertaining to watch. Like, I, mm-hmm. I try not to, yeah, I'll, I'll do star ratings all day, sure, but I'm not going to get too into the weeds on that kind of thing just because look I'm a I don't watch that much wrestling these days and I don't ask as much from my wrestling as maybe I used to or as much as a somebody who's a professional wrestling journalist does <laughs> like I just I don't know if it's it's an entertaining match with a guy that I really like and I see some cool booze I guess I, I guess I'm an easy mark you know what there's a reason why I love 2018 NXT so much. I feel like Perry Saturn would have slotted right in there. For sure. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I, he is Put one him of those... against Aleister Black in 2018. <laughs> Come on. He is one of those that, you know, in this whole journey of, of learning about wrestling that um, just super stands out, like, on a level of, like, a Vader for me. Like, mm. Um, I, I get sort of attached. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but uh, I get sort of attached to these guys and, um, it makes me hesitant to like see the, where are they now portion of this? Uh, I don't know anything about Saturn and his current day life. I don't know. Nazi. Neo-Nazi. See, I I, I figured that's probably what was coming. Uh, he's not. Okay, good. <laughs> he's, I will say he's not doing great, but I think I think reports of his uh, the extent of of his troubles have been a bit exaggerated. Um, 
He seems like he's he's kind of okay. I, I say that now, and we're gonna yeah have a terrible no, I, terrible headlining headline I, the day the show releases. But um, I, I feel like the last that I heard was he was not in a great place uh, physically, but. You know, he's not like destitute or I I think Chris um, Jericho actually reached out and found him a couple of years ago, but nobody knew where he was and Jericho that like, sounds right. got a hold of him and kind of put him back. Jericho or D D P or one of those guys, yeah. Yeah. So, so like <laughs> it hurts my heart to think of him like that just because I've sort of fallen in love with uh, his, you know, his wrestling. It's a, it's an unfortunate part of wrestling fandom, it's especially super from that is. era. You <laughs> yeah. have to you have to operate under the assumption that if they yes. were a star wrestler in the late '90s, they probably either ended up or just went through a really bad time before hopefully right. coming out the other end. It's very few guys or girls made it through that era. Uh, in one piece, shall yeah. we say. It's just in in learning about him and and following him through these different promotions, it, it does hurt my feelings to think that, you know, he went through rough things, but a lot of them do, like you said. And do you guys think, I mean, what are the chances of seeing him, like, in some sort of capacity? And do do we just sort of not know, like – is he just not on the radar at all? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I would, personally, I don't see him returning to wrestling because I, the last time I saw him, he, first of all, didn't look like he would be. Well, Ric Flair's mm-hmm. going to wrestle, you know. That's true. In, in That's a very true. short amount of time. So That's it true, makes my mind <laughs> go to these places. It, 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 uh, Perry's in it. Perry, Perry, the things that Perry kind of got into were a little bit, um, uh, maybe more even not that Rick had a non-destructive lifestyle, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think Rick quite went for some of the things that, that Perry went for in that his uh, personal life. And yep. so well, I mean, kind of, physically he's, he's pretty, um, he, he's, he's been through a lot. Diff- um, yeah, he's much like, different. I want to say like, there are some cognitive well, issues. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's kind of brought been on the... by head injuries and whatnot, um, right? And... <clears throat> but I wouldn't rule out like I mean he could still make an appearance just as yes. yeah, put him in the Hall of Fame, put him. That's um, what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's not yeah. gonna wrestle, wrestle again, but I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's in such a state where he can't make public appearances. Or no, no, I, he can. He can still talk. I think that was the rumor for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Then, like, well, there said, was a rumor that he was not even alive anymore for for a there while. Was, I, did, yeah. I did hesitate on googling him for a very long time <laughs> before, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out if he was still with us or not. But, um, yep. but he's just one of those ones that I just got super attached to, and it's part of the reason that I love wrestling. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it, it yeah it's it's an unfortunate uh, byproduct because the, the the wrestlers sort of burrow into your uh, psyche in a way that other entertainers necessarily don't. So weird. Uh, because it's like a even though they're not their real selves, it feels like they're their real selves, and then right. you almost have more of a, a personal connection with them than you with actors or musicians or anyone like that. At least for me, it's always been that way. So it is you know it, it does feel. Uh, unfortunately, I kind of have desensitized myself to it now, but it does feel like when, when you're attached to these wrestlers that when they're, uh, 
when they do go through struggles, it does feel more more impactful and, and, and hurtful because, you know, you have this – you feel for these people and you know what they sacrificed and all this, right. you know, for entertainment's sake and all that. So uh, at least we still have Mick Foley. So. I mean, <laughs> somehow. Somehow. Yeah. Greg, is it your pick? I think it's Tim's. Oh, God, we do this every time. I'm pretty sure because I didn't. I, I picked, picked the midnight. I picked okay, the midnight. So it's okay, so be, okay, so last episode was the midnight. So that was Greg. This is you, Jenny. So yeah, it'll be me. Okay. Um, all right. I'm not going to hem and haw about it. I I sort of already had it on the back of my mind. My next pick was going to be this man. We're going to be um, going a little bit old school. Um, I feel like we've been playing around. Uh, well, not necessarily. This is more more in the range of the midnights. I'm beating around the bush. It's going to be Barry Quindom. Yes. Do a full episode. We've oh had his matches God, before. Sir. We've talked about him. We have to do a Barry Quindom episode. We're going to get to talk all about the hotel rooms he's been in and the activities oh boy. he's done oh in those hotel rooms. <laughs> this this activities. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Boy, and I, I, I'm going to spoil it for you right now. I'm going to make several true. appearances. <laughs> I, I got a lot of stories about it. I do. I tried to tell Mark Mads he quit on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that pick. That's a great pick. Can't wait to dive yeah. into that. Um. Oh, yeah. Real quick, um, before we do our plugs right here on the Place to Be Wrestling Network, um, of course you have the flagship, that's the Place to Be Podcast. They are on episode number 603, if you can believe that, um, with the Royal Rumble. Um, so check that one out. There's also YouTube Roulette on the feed, as, lo- as well as the NWA Saturday Special and NWA Crock and Roll with our friend Sean Kidd and Highway to the Impact Zone. Um, lots of cool shows on here and across all of the feeds. Uh, Gregory, what you got going on? Anything podcasting-wise? Nope, nope, no podcasts uh, at the moment. However, uh other than this one, of course, which people are listening to now. Yes. But uh, uh, I, I do have uh, uh, happenings going on over at my Twitter feed, which is uh, <laughs> at GPhillips8652. <laughs> Very catchy, catchy sure Twitter is. name if there ever was one. And uh, 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 somewhat tangentially related to that, I, it is now official. I am, uh, along with my hard-traveling fanboy companion, Nick Duke, and his entire family – we are going to the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, crossover pay-per-view event in Chicago in June. So, oh, that's uh, fantastic! Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm 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 looking forward to that. I've never been to Chicago, and uh, I think that uh, that arena is going to be rocking. So, should be a fun time. Is Can't that, wait to hear uh, about that. That could be on the old pay-per-view. Is there an opportunity we can we can we can view that along with you? I believe, I believe so. I believe yes. You can you can order it through Fight TV. I believe that uh, New Japan World will be carrying it as well, their streaming service, and uh, uh, probably on your local uh, pay per view provider, you can tune in to. I have to it, look uh, into that. Yeah. AEW NJPW Forbidden Door in June at the United Center. I think it is. The, uh, I think that's what it is, and there used to be the United Center, whatever it is now mm-hmm. in Chicago. Looking forward to it. This will be my second AEW pay-per-view of the year, so that's awesome. cool. Awesome. 
What about you, Tim? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Syke68, Um Not tremendously active these days. I, I'm i in a bit of a Twitter rut, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm having a real hard time with the bullshit, and um, mm-hmm. I'm about tired of it. I'm about tired of it. But uh, if you want to talk wrestling, great. If you want to talk uh, comics, great. If you want to talk some, some Beverly Hills 90210, also great. <laughs> And that is because uh, I'm the co-host of the podcast known as 9021 No So. Uh, so this was, and is still, as of the time you're listening to this podcast, part of the North-South Connection. So uh, do subscribe uh, to our friends, our affiliate, uh, the North-South Connection, where you'll find a bevy of great wrestling content, just like you will here on, on Place to Be Nation Wrestling. Uh, but... 90210, so going to be spitting off onto its own exclusive feed, which uh, it, we've done a soft launch. You can actually find that right now if you search 90210 on your preferred podcatcher app. Um, going to be simulcast as we wrap up the first season of Beverly Hills 90210, so just really one episode left to go for us, which is crazy to think. Um, and then it's going to be off to the races, just exclusive to the 9021 NOSO feed. So if you're enjoying that podcast today on the North-South Connection, um, you'll want to make the switch here in, in short order. Uh, and if you're not listening but you are interested in the show, um, again, do subscribe. And, hell, if you want to be on the show, reach out to myself or JT. Um, we have a, a – dedicated email address, Gmail account as well. That is going to be 9021noso at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, But, yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter if you want to talk about the show or if you're interested in being on the show as a guest. We always have a third rotating seat. Jenny, you've been on. Mm -hmm. Greg, we'd love to get you in as well um, at any point. But, um, yeah, just want to point that out there on an administrative note um so yeah i think that should do it for my purposes uh jenny why don't you take us home all right so i think twitter needs to get his back together so that tim doesn't have to feel so triggered every time he's on twitter and hard to hear about elon musk yeah every single week i'm done with it i'm on twitter at jenny position all my shows are linked there um I am on North-South Connection every Wednesday with either a freak-out drive-in, you heard about Pluto, Talk and Pop, The Journey Through Infinity. It's very soon the return of Bianca's first time. Um, Everything on Wednesdays. And then also I have the Extreme Three-Way Dance, which goes through the entire history of ECW, which is a really good podcast and a really good promotion to learn about. Um, You can find that there. And... um, I have some guest things that I've done recently. Um, I was on um, an episode of Pop Goes the Movies where we did a review of the new Doctor Strange uh, with me and Andy and Scott Shiflett. Um, so that was really fun. And um, got a couple of big things coming up. So stay tuned to that. And thank you for listening to Talking WCW. And we'll see you in six to eight weeks probably. <laughs>